0: Welcome back to the For Evansville podcast. I'm Ross Chapman here with Jonathan Vetcher. And hey, hey, Jonathan, (laughs) Uh, we are exploring a new topic today, which Jonathan will tell you about. But what we do on our podcast is we bring on people who love our city, who are for Evansville and usually an expert in an area that we're trying to learn about. That's an area where maybe we want to grow as a community that will really help uh, everyone experience Evansville a little bit better than they used. They were. And so today is an exciting uh, opportunity for us to do just that.
1: Right. Today, we're starting a conversation on the topic of economic capacity. And so uh, really trying to understand how does someone's ability to earn an income or our city's ability to have a thriving economy, how does that affect the flourishing of people in our community? We have two really great guests to help us dive into that. The first one is Bob Meyer, he is an angel investor he has been a Fortune 100 executive and now he is the chairman of the board of Elevate Ventures, which is a venture capital group that um, really helps to invest in and build up new business ventures in the state of Indiana. Um, they've done that here in Evansville and in other communities, but he's got a really great perspective on a sort of starting new businesses, bringing uh, economic income into a community, and helping business leaders and entrepreneurs uh, thrive in their new businesses.
0: That's right. And Bob is going to be awesome. I'm real excited for you to hear from him. Some some really amazing stories of entrepreneurs right here that you probably don't know about that you'll get to hear about later today in the conversation. And I just want to preface that Bob is great because our next guest, in my opinion, is probably the best guest we've ever had. And probably. Because that's, that's, you didn't well, say probably well, earlier. You know, I'm just. I'm just you could get you in know, trouble for
1: I'm, saying a word like probably. You could,
0: <laughs> you could, because the next guest is my wife, uh, Candace Chapman. And so we're excited to have her on. She's the director of the Downtown Evansville Development Corp., uh, whose purpose is to accelerate placemaking through real estate development in downtown. And she also has her master's in community development, community and economic development. And uh, we live downtown, we've got three boys, and I love Candice's passion for our city. Uh, It's contagious, as you can probably tell, Um, and she certainly drives uh, a lot of our enthusiasm and passion and support and just our willingness to invest in this place called Evansville. And so, I'm really pumped that you guys get to hear from her and how downtown development and venture capital, entrepreneurism, all kind of fit together in this topic we're exploring of economic capacity and how that is really a huge driver of the flourishing of our area. So let's dive in.
1: Well, thank you guys for being with us today. We're really excited to dive into this conversation. Uh, But before we get into our specific topic, Today, I want to ask you uh, both, um, you know, you guys are both really involved in Evansville and kind of participating in this mission to make Evansville flourish in your own unique way. And so uh, we want to ask you how or when did you move from being just in Evansville to being for Evansville? Do you feel like there was... Uh, a certain experience, or maybe a person who was instrumental in that, or some kind of realization. What what caused you to kind of switch from just kind of existing into our in our city to um, really wanting to contribute and play an active role in moving our city towards flourishing?
2: Well, I can go first. I probably won't want to follow Bob on many answers, so I'll I'll take the lead on this one. Um, I grew up in Evansville, and um, between my grandfather, who was a high school teacher at Bossy High School, my parents, who were both really involved in the community, uh, they had their day jobs and they integrated those well into their um, free time as well and always took us kids along with them um, as they served in various aspects of the community. So I grew up with a deep love of Evansville, but then I left for college, then moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. So when we moved back in 2015, seeing, um, my opportunity to, um, influence and be part of the good things that were going on in Evansville really gave me a chance. We, we like to Ross and I like to joke that in, in Charlotte and other big cities, you can be a consumer and Evansville gives you the chance to be a creator. And we kind of I liked that image and I've been trying to, um, you know, bring some of the things that we love from the other cities um, i lived in and do some of that here.
3: Uh, My path was a little different. I I grew up here and um, I became for Evansville in the years that I was gone from Evansville. Um, You know, I got on what I would call the corporate rocket ride uh, on Fortune 100 companies. Promoted every two years, Nashville, Chicago, New York, and um, when I was raised here, I had no idea how grateful I should be for the environment and the people that were nurturing me. And um, as I, you know, I got into that corporate rocket ride. I realized, wow, you know, these are not places I want to do whatever I'm going to do. I I had no idea how good I had it in Evansville, and uh, so so I came back as an advocate that I hadn't been when I was, when I was younger. And, and I guess from looking around at those experiences, I, I guess my before being for Evansville came from, this is a community we can make what we want it to be. And uh, that's a cool opportunity.
1: Is that what you, uh, whenever you were away that you felt like you missed about Evansville or was there anything else that, you know, that you maybe took for granted while you were here and then, when you were away realized. I think a lot of it
3: was depth of relationships and the number of people here that, that care about other people, you know, it's, that's what's important in life more than uh, where you are away from here. It's what are the people like back here? And so, and I I think I realized that I probably wasn't going to have much impact on New York city, but I might have some impact on Evansville, Indiana.
0: Yeah, that's really, really great. There's a, a book that I read called For the Love of Cities by Peter Kageyama. And he makes this point, you know, if if you want to create something in your city, you know, is that is is your city allowing you to do that or not? And that's what you can help make a great city instead of being in a great city. Um, and that's kind of the spirit of the question, right? We we don't just want to be in Evansville, we want to be for Evansville. So we're excited to, uh, to hear why you guys are, but we also want to, you know, tap into your expertise and your experience of what you do to help us kind of explore this topic of economic capacity or economic potential and and how do we kind of grow the economic pie in Evansville. And so just wanted to dive in a little bit more into like what's driving what you're doing every day and how did you get involved in that? Um, And how do you see that uh, really making an impact in Evansville from a more economic perspective?
3: so i I was just i stumbled into learning a lot of things young in uh, in career, and uh, some of those things are what business models will work and be globally competitive and and who can accomplish things in in the right roles. everyone has a role in life and a way to contribute. Um, and so I try to apply that to uh, what I do on a daily basis and and that goes directly to i want to grow the pie. I love your your comment about making that simple to understand, Ross, about, you know, how do we grow the pie? So from, from the con- contextual point of view, um, there's money that moves around a community and then there's new money that comes into a community and that's where economic growth comes from. At that level, I, I try to be thoughtful and intentional about helping companies start that will be globally competitive and bring new money into the community that will grow the community. That's To my way of thinking, when I think of economic development, that's what I think of. I feel led to help people who have the opportunity to achieve that be successful. For about six years now, I've been chairman of Elevate Ventures, Mm -hmm. um, which is a venture capital and venture development firm based in Indianapolis. And uh, we've been lucky enough to be rated by R.R. R- Donnelly for the last four years in a row as uh, top ten globally in investing in early stage companies. So there are a lot of best practices and and financial backing and professional people that have make a science out of this thing that that uh, that I have a passion for.
0: Yeah, that is really exciting, and I know Elevate Ventures has you know made a significant impact in Indiana, and that's exciting. Uh, really helping Indiana be a, a strong Midwest state. Candace, I want to hear how your work with downtown Evansville kind of fits in from your perspective to this this economic potential idea. How would you articulate that?
2: Yeah, I think <clears throat> downtowns, the, the way that they connect to economic uh, capacity and potential is that it, it's about quality of place. And why that matters is because um, place matters to people, and the people are the ones driving the businesses. So everyone from um, executives who are brought into uh, Evansville on a recruiting trip, they're probably going to get taken out to eat in downtown, or they're probably going to stay overnight in downtown downtown. that employer wants them to have a good experience while they're here because it makes them feel connected to a place, um, which then hopefully helps them see that they can find a home here. On the other side of the income spectrum, um, place matters because it is, um, our downtowns are mixed income, mixed use and mixed generational. Whether you're talking about um, somebody who doesn't have access to transportation, if they have a place where they can live, and work uh, within close proximity to each other, then they can easy, more easily get to, to their job. And it matters from every end of the spectrum whenever you have all those different types of uses in one place.
0: Yeah, that's great. I've heard you talk a lot because we live in the same house about <laughs> um, how that downtown is so important for the region. And I think it's important for people to hear, you know, what? why does that matter? Why is, why does downtown get a lot of focus when we look at kind of our regional development? Why, you know, and when, when you go on a flight somewhere, you travel outside of this area, you probably, if you, if you live kind of around Evansville, you just say you're from Evansville. You don't, maybe don't say you're from a, you know, someplace else. This is the city people recognize. So how does that fit into economic perspective growth, you know?
2: Well, one in five jobs um, in Evansville are located in downtown so you know from a just mass standpoint from a quantity standpoint, there are a lot of jobs here um so there's a lot of people here and you know those are for a lot of those same reasons that I just spoke to but it's also important for the region because you know that executive that we just referenced though they they could live downtown, the vast majority of people who work down here uh, don't live in downtown. They're often going to, we just got data last week. That's interesting data that said uh, the average person who's here in downtown on a weekday morning at that same evening, they're 18 minutes away. So that goes to suggest that they live in the outlying counties or the uh, the outlying area of Vandenberg County. So that matters because our municipal budgets are driven largely by r- real estate taxes. So having a good downtown where somebody can go during the day and enjoy their job or come on the weekends to have a nice dinner or whatever, those things, having an attractional downtown also serves the region because they will live elsewhere and, and go to the those schools. And it, it really impacts more. We like to say that downtown is the heartbeat of a uh well-functioning body, the well-functioning region.
3: And add to that, from my perspective, you know, again, let's start with context. The current leaders of our community are nurturing along the next leaders of our community. And that's a young, talented group of people that have to be the future. And those age groups like to have a vibrant downtown. We have to be able to recruit talented 20 and 30-somethings and have a place to uh, that they like, quality of place, ability to interact with each other and and the community. You know, I think that I'm not an expert on that generation, but but downtown seems to be an important element of quality of place, and we have to have talented, bright, caring young people want to live here to take the torch. And from my perspective, one of them will start the next very global, or some of the other things we've seen happen here in town that raise the quality of life for everyone else. To
2: build off what Bob's saying, even more so with COVID, more people are working from home, more people are allowed to work anywhere. Um, So as younger talent or um, younger people can continue to choose where they live um, and still do their jobs from anywhere, um, we have to have places that are not just attractional, but we, we we talk a lot in this space about attracting and retaining talent. So we need to be able to keep the people who are already here. And from my perspective, in my line of work, we know that that's all about relationships and people. And that's why the the in downtown it brings you more in closer proximity to other people who may not be like you, um, or that you just you know bump into on the street. Serendipity is one of my favorite words, and every time you go on a walk, every time you go to lunch in this place where there's so many other people around, uh, you have opportunities to build community connections that really make the the city of Evansville, this place more um, well-connected and form that deep relationship that makes you want to stay longer because people care about you and you care about them.
1: Yeah, I love that. How you know, maybe the the thing that Evansville is strongest at, these relationships and people who are welcoming and care for each other, how we can actually promote that and help it increase exponentially by creating places where people want to be and want to interact with each other. and relationships don't just happen in a vacuum. They happen at coffee shops and restaurants and going on walks. And if we can create places where people want to go do those things together, then it actually helps uh, those relationships as well. I love, you know, kind of the big picture vision and and forward looking of like, how will these investments help Evansville in the future? Could you guys um, kind of bring that to a more tangible space and tell us about like, what are some of the exciting things that are going on? What are some of the things that you're personally looking forward to seeing in Evansville's downtown or in regards to entrepreneurship in Evansville and just kind of the economic growth of Evansville? What are, what are things that you see on the horizon that are really exciting to you?
3: I'm, I am hands-on in five local early stage growing businesses right now in the Evansville community. And every one of them is exciting. I mean, I, I, I would throw out um, one that's been, we've been working on for four or five years, Andy Perry at Curvo, who uh, offices down at Haney's Corner. You know, he doesn't sell anything to consumers, so he's not well known, but uh, the software that that company has developed is now in over 500 hospitals across the United States. Wow. And uh, Andy is hiring highly talent, talented, high-paid, high-potential people to continue that growth. And those hospitals are money that aren't in our community, sending money to our community. And one of the reasons he comes to mind first is, you know, we nurture Andy with, with money and help. And Andy's a nurturer. And so, you know, there are going to be two or three generations of people helped because Curvo happened. In my opinion. And, and that's that's very exciting.
0: Yeah, that's really uh, cool. You
3: know, motivating systems, most people don't know about uh, another quality entrepreneur, Pat Heck. I, I'm not sure exactly what their employment level is now 30, 40, 50. They have software as a surface for schools. And again, right in downtown Evansville, there are somewhere over 2,000 schools as customers now, schools that are getting a value for that product. And sending their money back to Evansville because Pat Hex started that that company. <laughs> Yesterday I was in a meeting, and I can't I can't use names about this one because of securities and exchange regulations and such on a podcast, but with two very bright young 30, somethings young to me, you know, PhD level people who are would be recruited out of this town for world-class jobs who have found a way to apply their skills and trade right here and build something. It was really beautiful. We went down and we met with someone in a related business in downtown Evansville, who has one of the larger buildings in downtown, a floor and a half of high, high paid employees doing this thing that these guys do. It's a financial related business. And the founder who was from the area, who chose to stay here, is a multi-billion dollar business. And he looked across the table at these 230 somethings and he said, You're going to do exactly what I've done over the last 20 years. And I want to help you. Hmm. That just is in a nutshell, I think what it's all about right there.
0: That is really cool to hear about. Yeah. These are the stories we don't we don't really know. So this is why we wanted to do the podcast. So thanks for sharing those Bob, and maybe you guys will go and, and and look these companies up a little bit and say, Hey, these are things that people in Evansville have started. And maybe you might be inspired with your idea and find some help, uh, to explore it. Candace, what's some exciting stuff going on for you at downtown? What are you most excited about?
2: My specific job, I focus on buildings, um, and neglected or vacant, uh, places in within downtown. So, I spend a lot of my time focused on one block on Main Street. That's uh, where the 420 Main Street building is, the former Old National Tower. Uh, The other half of the block uh, is called, we call it the Sycamore property, which is a whole half block. And then the the last piece of that block is a future park that is currently fenced off. So we've... uh, what's the nice way of saying this, we have corralled uh, an opportunity to redevelop an entire city block at once, which is very rare. Um, and right now, those properties are a liability to our city. And, and you know, you referenced earlier that sometimes people think, like, why, does, why do we put so much focus on something like this? So just to put it in perspective, right now, those vacant buildings are bringing in Um, just over $50,000 a year in property taxes for the city of Evansville. Uh, That's that's an 18-story tower and a six-story office building in an entire city block, only $50,000. When they're done, they will bring in over $500,000. So, you know, it's in all, all of our best interest to see that property redone, even if it was solely for that purpose, but it's not solely for that purpose that building, having a redone block is going to do so much more for, um, the connectivity physically of downtown, you know, you pass this block every time you go down main street, if you're going anywhere from, um, the Lloyd expressway to Haney's corner, you're likely going to go down, um, a street that passes this building. If you go from the riverfront to the Ford center, you're going to pass this building. Thousands of people pass this building on a regular basis they're neglected and empty. So they're a liability to our area. Um, they they make you feel like, you know, does anybody, is it, am I safe? Is this, you know, what's going on here? Does anybody care about this? And um, so when they are redone, we're also trying to, to design it in an intentional way so that um, there will be apartments in there that are targeted towards the people making right at our areas, average, median income. That's a statistic called AMI that we talk a lot about. So that's going to be important. We're going to design it. So there's office space in it for these companies, hopefully that Bob continues to invest in and and help grow um, so that we have nice office space um, in downtown Evansville, which is an important attractor um, and a recruitment tool, because if the space isn't already done and there's a company ready to go, then, you know, they're not going to see the potential there if they can't walk into a space that's already done and then the first floor um, of the buildings are going to be active spaces whether it's a a restaurant or um, some kind of retail experience so that faces the park and those are all integrated and feel like an inviting place right now as you walk down that block with the fenced off area and the vacant first floors there's no there's no even if you wanted to go explore you couldn't That's it's it's not inviting and it's uh, going to be transformed into a space that is accessible to all kinds of people. You don't have to pay money to get into this park. Um, It's going to be a place that anybody from any income level is going to be attracted to and hopefully will be a place where, um, like we talked about, people come into proximity, closer proximity to one another and build some of those community connections.
1: Yeah, I love that because So many of the topics and conversations that we've had on this podcast so far, kind of whenever we dig down to the very root of it, we end up talking about isolation and segmentation and how our our community is kind of fragmented um, across a lot of different types of differences between people, whether it's, you know, socioeconomic background or ethnicity or all all kinds of reasons um, that Our community is sort of fragmented and spaces like this create an opportunity for our community to really uh, different members of our community from different parts of the community to interact in a way that makes every part of our community stronger and better. And so uh, in addition to, you know, kind of the economic capacity and the economic growth that that brings, like it just takes that thing that we talked about of Evansville having really great people and being a really great place to build deep relationships and it just accelerates that and creates spaces where people can work and play and live together. So that's, that's really exciting.
2: Before I started in this job, I was working on a master's in economic development, and one of my assignments was to talk to a person from each generation within our city who, uh, and ask them the same set of questions about my topic, and my topic was downtown. So one of the questions was, what's missing in downtown? Um, and I asked that question of an of a older woman who was in the oldest generation. Um, she lives in a nice neighborhood on the east side. And uh, her answer to that question was a feeling of safety when driving to downtown. And, you know, that, although, you know, as somebody who lives and works downtown, sends my child to daycare downtown, you know, those, that answer was like, oh, come on. Like, it's it's very safe. But that's her reality. That's her perception. So it is her reality. And uh, that matters. But because she's not coming downtown to spend money to invest in these small businesses and eat their food and interact with people um but at the same time at the opposite end of the spectrum i asked that question of a, a gen z boy who is um in high school and um has a single mom who you know doesn't have she's working uh, to uh, provide a good life for her family um and so you know he explained like what's missing from downtown is just, I don't, I don't have a lot of extra money. I don't have any extra money actually. So I don't, I can't go to a restaurant. I just, but I want to, I don't know where to go to be around people in this city who don't look like me and who aren't in my section, like in my stage of life, in my income range. If I want to meet people and broaden my, uh, opportunities to interact with people and you know have some new opportunities in the city I don't know where to go I physically don't know where to go and those two ends of the spectrum just really impacted the way that I see downtown and the opportunity I see in downtown to be that place that both of those people need to be welcome and not just welcome but attracted to so that they can meet each other so that they can uh so that they can spend money or not, but we need that ge- mixed income, mixed generational, mixed use downtowns really can solve a lot of our, so- our social justice issues and um, be an economic driver for our region. I just have
3: to connect uh, the dots on something that that Candace said and Jonathan has mentioned about the social interaction. And first, I'm going to um, confess that I'm a bit of an introvert and I'm not very good at that. Uh, But despite that, I was at a little mixer downtown three or four years ago, and I met this guy who said, you know, here's what he does. Here's his specialty, PhD. He's on airplanes five days a week, flies around the United States, and he's got this high-level talent. But he said, my wife and I now have two little boys, and I really want to live in Evansville. But as a father, this, this being gone five days a week is killing me. I just I don't feel like I'm I'm being the father I want to be, and so we ended up getting together and setting down and working out a, a business plan, and that's the guy that was in the meeting yesterday I just told you about, with a very successfully launched business and other, successful people in Evansville, uh, seeing the value of it and jumping in to help.
0: Yeah, I I'm just reflecting on both of what you guys are doing as sort of underrated, uh, unleveraged assets, um, you know, really creating spaces where people can connect and have these kind of interactions and conversations from different backgrounds. Uh, So having that downtown is exciting. But then, Bob, what you were saying, uh, especially around the idea of um, people who are creating uh, these businesses, but doing it with a nurturing mentality, I think was the word you used. Really, your employer can have such a huge impact on the kind of life that you have um and so we want entrepreneurs who care about their employees and seek their their employees kind of flourishing is a word we use a lot um and so just talk more about that bob i want to hear a little more about what that means how these conversations happen in your your work with these companies and and why you specifically pointed that out
3: a couple of things well first of all i learned early on becoming an agile investor and, and working in the startup world after the corporate days that There's nothing more dangerous than a very, very bright person who doesn't have good character. Hmm. And uh, you learn that by losing money trying to work with them when you're in my business. And so, again, I stumbled into this thing of, you know, I should just work with people with high character who care about other people as much or more than they care about themselves and and who are willing to nurture other people. People who bring in new money with world-class business models to the community and grow the pie. And also, those people, if they're successful, they'll become community leaders in the future. They'll become very successful and they'll have leadership abilities and they'll have resources. And it's important that they're willing to nurture others and, and help them succeed. And I, you know, some people might call that culture. Some people, there, there are a lot of names for that. But in my opinion, it's the difference in, in doing the right thing and not doing the right thing. And, and it's why some communities flourish and others don't.
0: Yeah, that's really, I love how you put that. Uh, it's really important. And if you're not an entrepreneur, but you are overseeing people, you can you can kind of have the same mentality or you can think about the kind of work, the kind of employee you are and how that contributes to your your life. Yeah.
3: And it's a pass it on thing, right? I mean, we want these people who grow jobs to nurture their employees and give them opportunities to succeed. And we want those people to who, as they develop financial resources, to support the nonprofits in town. Who are helping people who need a hand up still, and those are the real important things over a long time. And um, you know we're in we're always in a in a process of developing the next group of people to do that.
1: Just hearing you talk about that, I I feel like a lot of the business owners and entrepreneurs that I've met in Evansville have that mentality and kind of approach there work in their entrepreneurship in that way. And I guess maybe I've never um, recognized that or noticed what that was, but that kind of feels like something... Uh, a a strong suit of Evansville is that we have a lot, we have a business community, entrepreneurs in our community that have that mentality of, I'm not just in business to make money and be successful for myself, but uh, I want to help other people be successful. I want to provide good jobs for people so that they can provide for their families and contribute to our community as well. And that's, that's a big deal. Yeah.
0: One of the reasons we wanted to bring you two on is just to have an opportunity to learn about growing the economic pie, but also to give a a vision for uh, what kind of employers and businesses and spaces we really want in our city and how that connects to the economic capacity you know, a lot of our listening, we, uh, we realize that there's some challenges in our community as well, in terms of getting a good job and, um, you know, making enough income. And so, you know, I just wonder, um, you know, if you guys want to comment on that, I would love to hear kind of your thoughts about, you know, what if I'm in a job that doesn't pay that well, and the employer isn't really nurturing me very well, you know, how should I deal with that? Or maybe um, I, you know, I don't feel very connected to downtown, you know, is there, is there things I could do to feel more connected to my community or even get more connected to downtown?
2: Well, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I, I go back to that bridging capital is so important. Um, there's bridging capital and there's bonding capital uh, in social relationships. And that bonding is like, you know, my family, my close friends, um, maybe some coworkers, if I'm lucky, um, people I spend a lot of time with who are in my circle, that's bonding capital and bridging capital is the uh, those relationships that uh, maybe I don't, maybe I don't know Bob that well, but if I had an entrepreneurial idea, I, I know him well enough that I would reach out to him and ask for that advice or ask for um, a, a, a coffee. You know, I, I know him well enough to do that. And so I have that opportunity to have that bridge um, built And a lot of people in our communities don't have that. Um, And that's something that we want to continue to grow and give other people the opportunity. So if there is somebody who's in a job that they, um, you know, they're not paid enough, they're undervalued, they don't have uh, a boss that cares about them. um, I think that that's why it's important that they have the opportunity to interact with people who are outside of their you know daily life or um that we have more opportunities for people to build those bridging capital opportunities those bridging capital relationships so you know if if that were me i could reach out to someone in that i know who's who maybe is in a job that I, hey i hear you talking about your boss and it sounds like a really great place to work you know is there any any opportunity for me um and that kind of thing or you know i have a a friend that i know that uh lives a couple streets over and um, I know that they can walk to their job, and um, they seem to to really be doing well there. So those kind of opportunities need to be more present in our city, not just downtown. Downtown isn't the only place that you can do that, but when you have those that that line of sight to something, to like whatever the next step is or whatever, wherever you want to go, um, I think that that's an important piece of attaining that that goal. And just one other, this is a, a little bit of a tangent, but I promise it connects. Um, I, I heard your podcast with Sarita from Memorial Community Development Corp. Um, and her and I have met before, and I love the work that they do. And whenever I met with her, I met the first meeting I had with her, we were talking about, um, I, I just said, you know, we're neighbors. Memorial, I can, I can walk there to your office from my office. So, We I want to know what your goals are, what where you all are headed, and how as I focus on real estate, you know, just a few streets over, how can I continue to support what you do? And one thing she told me, and you know, on the podcast, she talked about the um, lack of housing availability, and um, so one thing she told me is that they're really focused on people up to eighty percent of the area's median income, people who are earning wages up to that point, but as soon as they hit that level they are no longer eligible to receive the housing opportunities that Memorial has. And so that's, that is a huge reason why I started focusing on the next level, because we're, like I said, we're just blocks away from their um, their new development that they have going up. So when someone gets that better job um, or sees that opportunity and they want to stay in their neighborhood and stay in an area that is uh, walkable, you know, now they, I've focused on workforce housing. Um, that that range, there where somebody does have a job that's making the area median income. Now, once this project is done that I was spoke about earlier, that's just a few blocks away um, and can be a place where they go to. And so that's why it's really important to understand not just four seven seven zero eight, which is the zip code for downtown, but the other areas. Nearby that are walkable, uh, bikeable, and we work together almost as neighbors uh, in that in that way. And with downtown housing right now, we only have 450 residents in downtown. We have the physical like space to house 2,000. Cities our size um, in other areas of the country have resident residential populations of 2,000 to 2,500. So, um, you know, and a lot lot of times whenever you hear talk about downtown, there's a fear of displacement, which is was a fear of mine before I got to know the numbers. We have everything from the uh, homeless shelter and and low income housing all the way up to uh, some of the nicest, most expensive condos. In our region, and so again, I see that as a positive, and I see that the low residential population is a great opportunity to grow every one of those levels of income and continue to grow that, so that that bridging capital can continue to happen in our city and in our our, our region.
0: That's great. Thanks, Candace.
2: Yeah, I guess from my
3: my perspective, it's about um, higher skilled, better jobs equal more opportunities and 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 better standard of living, quality of life. And and so that's my approach. And, you know, without getting too deep, I would say I, I, the nurturing and better jobs go together. I mean, I would, you know, my grandfather worked with a pick in an underground mine for 10 years and got the money to farm 60 acres for the rest of his life and didn't have a lot of economic opportunity. But he nurtured his kids. He nurtured me. And he taught, you know, your word is your bond and hard work. And then on the, and my father made it through half of his freshman year at Bossy High School, but he nurtured me. And then I think, okay, what, are, what if the people who have all the jobs and all the money work that hard and were nurturers and tried to help people? Mm. And, um, and that's a real driver, in my opinion, for what, what can help the community. What, what if we had the people who, who have big successful corporations that are competitive nationally and globally? who wanted to nurture other people at all levels and give them more opportunities. And what if those people had the work ethic to make themselves better? Then that's, that's making the community better.
0: Yeah, those are both beautiful pictures. I uh, appreciate that so much. Well, I mean, we're just so thankful to have you on. Uh, thanks for giving your time this morning. And uh, we're, we're pumped to, to kind of get this out there for other people to hear, especially some of the really exciting things going on in our city that they may not know about yet. All right, Jonathan, it's that part of the podcast where we get a chance to just debrief a bit together and say, hey, what do we want to take away? What, what stuck out to us? And just kind of process along with our audience uh, what we just heard from Bob and from Candace on this economic capacity conversation.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that I'm left with is now I'm struggling to figure out which of the Chapmans loves Evansville the most.
0: Oh, there's a clear winner.
1: And uh- <laughs> There's a clear winner. Um, but yeah, but seriously, it is cool that, uh, you guys are both, uh, really involved in, uh, the Evansville community, uh, together, but in different ways. And I think that's a neat, uh, a, a neat, um, way for other couples and families to think about it as well is like not just being for Evansville uh, as an individual, but also as a couple and as a family. And how do you help your kids think about loving their city and stuff like that. It's, uh, and so that's kind of cool. That was one sort of tangential takeaway. Uh, another one for me was just, uh, being really excited about yeah. a lot of the cool things that are going on in Evansville right now. And a lot of the cool things that are coming in the future, you know, the different, um, businesses that are already here that are, um, You know, providing really great services around the country and around the world. Um, The one Mm -hmm. that he mentioned, the software in school systems. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a little bit about that before, and it sounds like it's a really great tool that helps. really helps schools create an environment for students to succeed and creates yeah. a, a system that that helps them to do that. And so, it's cool that that is something that's coming from here in Evansville, providing value to schools all over the place, and then in return, bringing economic value back into the community. So, that's exciting. And then the downtown stuff, um, you know, living in Evansville, I'm just excited to have more places to go and hang out with people and meet new people and, uh, interact with people in our city who I wouldn't normally, uh, bump into anywhere else. So that's, um, I'm leaving this conversation very excited about the future of Evansville.
0: Yeah. It's, it's good to have a podcast where we get a chance to go, man, that is like really cool. We can celebrate that about our city. Right. Uh, you know, creating businesses that are making an impact nationally or even globally and um, and creating a great downtown. That's really a, a cool place to visit. Uh, we just had a, a guest in last week uh, speaking to some church leaders and he landed in Evansville for the first time in like a year and a half. And he just said, you have such a great city. <laughs> and I was like, we really do have a great city. There's some good stuff going on. Um, right. So it was nice to have that as we've been reflecting on, you know, what's holding us back. You know, so when I'm thinking about what Bob and what Candice said, one of the things that really sticks out to me is how Bob talked about that nurturing idea. If you're uh, a business person or you, you're you just an organizational leader, or maybe you oversee a few people or whatever it is, um, you have a, such a huge impact on how people experience their day-to-day life. Um, and, I, and I'm, you know, I don't know if we've said this before, but I'm, ex- I'm working on my doctorate of ministry in faith work economics and vocation and that idea is uh really powerful because the intersection of faith and work those two things are often kept separate but they, they when they integrate uh in the way that I think kind of Bob was leaning into a little bit right uh, whether it's a specific faith or not um this this idea that i'm still the same person i want to be this kind of person in my work life right. that i want to be with my family and my neighbors and my friends um and i think that's important and really neat to just hear uh that's his perspective as an investor and a person who's helping businesses get started that that's going to be a requirement uh that's that's the first step you know are you the kind of person who's going to handle success well
1: yeah and whenever i think about how this topic intersects with a lot of the other topics i mean access to a, a to a really good job where your employer and your coworkers really care about you makes a huge impact in a lot of the other things that we're talking about, you know, Definitely. Um, from housing, you know, affordable housing, a lot more housing becomes affordable whenever your income <laughs> increases. You know, it's not just that we need more houses that cost less, but we need, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if more people are, ha- have a better paying job, then more housing becomes available to them um and then obviously with the well-being of children in our community if their parents have a good job where they're making a good income and not just a good income but where they have their home at a decent time to spend time with their kids and stuff like that like all of that it's it's not a it's not a separate part of life. It's a very integrated part of life like you were talking about. And if we can treat it that way, then individual people in Evansville will uh, be more prone to flourish. Work is part of that. It's an opportunity to, to not just earn an income and provide, but to provide community value and individual purpose, as we like to say. So you're yeah, you're, right. you're working and contributing to the community in a way that's bringing value to other people. And then you're also kind of fulfilling a sense of purpose and contribution. And as we've talked about being for Evansville, your job can be a way of being for Evansville, regardless of what it is, even if it's maybe not the job that you uh, hope to be in one day or like your quote unquote dream job. Um, Pretty much every job in our city plays a role in Helping our city function and mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, and serving people in our city. So if we approach it that way, you know, it, it does become a lot more fulfilling, and we also begin to to value the people who are doing those jobs a lot more.
0: Yeah. So it, you know, everybody's work is contributing to the ecosystem of our city, and as you were talking, it, it just kind of occurred to me: we want to be a city of integrity,
3: mm-hmm.
0: in the sense that we're integrated, and I think that's what Bob and Candace were both getting at—a little bit of this the bridging capital uh the kind of uh, entrepreneurs that we're trying to raise up it's integrated you know it's everything's connected and as we just pointed out you know this episode maybe more than others demonstrates how this economic conversation actually impacts so many of the other things we've talked about housing right. mental wellness racial unity um and child welfare i mean it really does impact all of those and so could we be a city of integrity. Could that be the thing that Evansville could be known for even? Um, is like, we're just a, we're an integrated city. Everything's connected and uh, we're creating opportunities for bridging capital and bonding capital uh, in our physical spaces, in, in the ways that we interact in those places and in our day-to-day work. Really cool opportunity something big to shoot for and something everybody can participate in.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, I was thinking... If there's somebody out there listening to this podcast and they're, uh, they kind of have that entrepreneurial spirit, like they, they have it in them to want to start a business or grow a business or be part of uh, that end of things, you know, we'd love to help you get connected to the folks we talked with today or some of the people that they're connected with. That's one of the great things about Evansville that our guests highlighted today is that. People are pretty accessible in Evansville. And so yeah, right uh, if if you have an interest in that and kind of exploring getting in touch with uh, some of those folks, uh, drop us a line at info at 4 We'd love to help you get connected. You can also connect with us on social media at 4 And uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on these topics that we've covered. Next month, we're going to be kind of taking a different approach with the podcast and really diving into individual stories. And so we'd love to hear kind of your reflections on these topics that we've covered and other topics that you might want to hear about in the future.
0: Thanks for listening.